0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw Hellraiser?
1: Or... Whoa, you never watched Pi? Or...
0: How have you not seen Phantom of the Paradise? Hello, and thank you for joining us again for How Have You Not Seen? I am your co-host, Caroline Thompson.
1: I'm Carson Betts.
0: And this is How Have You Not Seen? A movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie. And we
1: talk about it some more.
0: It's going to be a real good time. Yeah. And this week, I actually think it is going to be a real good time. I okay. think that the film is super, super, super fun. Yeah. Um. That having been said, let's just jump into it. Carson. Mm. how have you not seen brian de palma's 1974 phantom of the paradise you
1: know de palma's a giant fucking blind spot for me generally um and you know i've just never gotten around to it yeah not a very interesting answer to that one
0: no that's so fair though um i do think that de palma is in that interesting zone of director of like I feel like De Palma is a really big blind spot for me as well, because yeah. first of all, he's produced so, so many, many movies. fucking movies. Like he's yeah, directed right? so many films. And he's one of those, he's at the big like, tier of director that it's like, it's low enough that like when you're really starting out and you're like, okay, like I need to do like my Spielbergs, like I need to do. You bricks. and Yeah, fucking, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Like, like he kind of like, you know, my Coppolas, like, he, he kind of drifts to the bottom of that list. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like I have like torn through so much of like the cinematic canon, which like, hey, I still have not the whole rest yeah, of the show. Is, mm-hmm. There's too many movies we haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but then you kind of get into it and you're like, oh, like, like I'm like learning about like these deeper things. Like I'm learning about like, you know, these these other like niches of film. And like you kind of go you kind of walk right past diploma to get to to get to some of those things, you know? Like, you're just like, ooh, like, I want to, like, I want to watch, like, all of these, like, these, like, you know, these, like, weird 70s horror movies that, like, you kind of walk past De Palma on your way to Dario Argento, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and, like, I just, and you just learn the history, and you realize that it was this, so much of the kind of 70s film renaissance was this gang of, like, five dudes, and De Palma was the center of that in a lot of ways. You know, your Spielberg Lucas's, those guys, you know, your Coppolas, like, yeah, just fucking that De Palma's one of the reasons that Star Wars is the way it is. You know, like you, you just learn that stuff. But yeah, no, I he's still a huge blind spot for me. I think the only Brian De Palma movie I have seen is fucking Mission Impossible 1. I oh believe. wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, I'm very excited though. I, I I'm hoping that this will kick Have you not my seen journey. Starface? Oh, no. Okay. I think I think cuz that was a movie that was very important to friends of mine in high school as it, you know,
0: because you're a boy who had. Because <laughs> I'm a, in high school. I'm a boy, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I'm a boy who didn't play sports in high school, and therefore my friends were watching Scarface. And so, like, I legitimately cannot remember if I've seen Scarface all the way through, but I've definitely right. seen so a lot much of, of Scarface. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, like I,
0: yeah, I don't
2: know. And it's, it's one of those sure.
0: films. I mean, Scarface is one of those films that just like so much of it is so fucking iconic. And yeah, like. That, like yeah no like it was one of those things where it's like i've only ever seen scarface the once it was like the summer after my senior year of high school when i was just like i like went through a bunch of different lists of like different genres and stuff and just made like a list of like 100 films to watch Mm -hmm. um because i am very cool and i have a lot of friends and i get invited Uh to the best parties oh yeah like scarface was just one of those movies that like to my 18 year old brain i was like oh i haven't seen scarface Like, like i need to see scarface yeah and, um, and it was one of those movies that, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, I have never seen this movie, but I've seen this entire fucking
1: movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 18 years old and I've seen this entire fucking movie.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's not Phantom of the Paradise. No. Carson, yeah what do you know about Phantom of the Paradise?
1: It is a loose adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. not the Not the movie, not the musical, not the other musical, but the book. Yes, yes. Correct.
0: Okay. And I would even say it's less of a loose adaptation. It's a it's a direct adaptation of It is it is it is a kind of like genre transposition. Okay. But like like the story is very close to that of Okay. Well, I I guess I guess in the middle there kind of it kind of deviates, but overall like
1: Yes. The, it, but it's kind of science fictiony right it's sort of futuristic i i am very aware like the image of the phantom in this is very iconic it's the fucking silver yes head thing and the creepy mouth and all the yeah
0: like yeah i would say it's very it's very sci-fi in the way that like rocky horror is very sci-fi it's like it's very like loose 50s b-movie sci-fi not Like like yeah, not literary like... Literary
1: sci-fi camp, like... Yeah, not yeah. like
0: dystopian, like, uh speculation of the future sci-fi, but like, oh, and there's like, crazy lasers and like, ooh, spooky... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Helmets and capes.
1: You know, I love a helmet and a cape, I'll tell you that much. It uh, doesn't. Yeah, uh, you know, there... Uh, other than that, I don't... I don't think I know anything. I, I mean, I, again, I would have said Brian De Palma. I know that De Palma directed it, but
0: other than that, don't know much. Okay, well, if that having been said, then are you ready to get into our little game for the week? Yes, uh, let's do it. Excellent. And so the game we are playing this week is one of the favorites on this podcast. It is called Untitled Letterboxd Game. In this game, uh, if you are just joining us for the first time, the way this game works is that I have found three low-star reviews. I believe they are all half or one-star reviews of three different films, one of which is Phantom of the Paradise, and two of which are for um, films that are tangentially related in some way. Mm. I'm going to read them, and Carson is going to try to guess which one is which. Carson, are you ready? I am so ready. Wonderful. Okay. Review number one. Reviewed September 19th, 2022 on Letterboxd. Half star. Why does this movie exist? Was this really a story that needed to be told? Did anyone other than the delusional voice in director's head think this is worthwhile? The best thing you can say about this movie is that some of the designs are neat, but that doesn't mean anything. It's just a hollow, festering, rotten corpse in a gross uh, in a gross special effects mask. Why do we need to see this character when he's eight? Why?
1: Oh, Half I know. Star- I know what movie this is. Go on. Yeah,
0: just half a star.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what movie that is. Go on.
0: Okay. All right. I
1: have never, I have never so completely identified a movie based upon a review in this game before. Okay, go on. Okay,
0: excellent. <laughs> review number two, half star. Wow. It could just be me, but I have just achieved the holy grail of cinema. The worst, uh, sorry, viewing the worst film ever. Sure, as a filmmaker, director manages to hit the mark with like, with Famous Film and a few others, but this offering is just an offense against good taste. Camp, corny, and completely cringeworthy. All that being said, that should actually make it pretty damn watchable, right? Wrong. The cinematic equivalent to seasickness.
1: Oh. That's a really, you know, I'll give them that's a really good line.
0: Review number three. (sighs) OMG, this is atrocious. But how could it be good? It's directed by director and composed by composer, easily two of the worst people in their respective fields. Hideous. My eyes are burning after I saw this and my ears were screaming, stop the madness. Shocked emoji, seasick emoji, vomit emoji. This for now on Letterboxd is the worst quote unquote film I've ever seen. Whoa.
1: Okay. Um, I know. I am 99.9% sure that the first review is for the Phantom of the Opera movie. First review? so sure. Yeah, I'm, like, so sure.
0: Incorrect. Um, Really? Incorrect. Fuck!
1: Damn! You swerved on me. That was really good. (laughs) Um, okay. Damn, so it's all... It's all open, then. Okay. character when he was eight that's that's
0: mm, that's weird then
1: Uh, um okay well then i'm gonna say number one is scarface
0: okay number
1: two is phantom of the paradise and number three seasick emoji i'm gonna say is brian de palma's blowout because that's the one i've heard is the grossest one so, oh, interesting. Yeah. No, okay. so
0: I, I I took a different direction. However, you did correctly identify the review number two as Phantom of the Paradise. Oh yeah, okay. So you do get the point for this week. Okay,
1: fantastic.
0: Bonus points are awarded if you get the other films, but the main thing is that you yeah, you get the you get yeah. the you identify this film correctly. What which the hell you did. is the fir- what the hell is the first one? The first one, Carson, is Star Wars, Episode One, The Phantom Menace. I
1: hate you so much
0: and the third review was uh joel schumacher's the phantom of the opera so i, I went i went less with director and more uh film kind with of the word, <laughs> phantom in the name i be phantom hey after you did pie last week and you picked okay Winters, yeah
1: yeah look i don't
0: blame you i'm just like
1: Damn, I really set myself up for failure in that one. I was so... Just like the character... Like, that is such the complaint about Phantom of the Opera is that you see the Phantom when he's a child and it's really weird. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I barely kind of won that one.
0: No, you won. You got the point.
1: I did, but I do think that you deserve a special commendation for <laughs> completely destroying me on the first one. Well, because
0: that's the thing is, like, I, me knowing it was Star Wars Episode One, yeah. And you being like, oh, I know exactly what this movie is. I knew exactly what this movie is. It's mm. like, damn, it's too obvious. Phantom was too obvious. Like, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna get it. But uh, that having been said, are you ready to go watch the Phantom of the Paradise?
1: I am. I. I think I'm probably gonna vibe with this one. So really, I think you really are too. Excited. It is yep. very fun. So Hell yeah. All right, let's do it.
0: And we're back. We're back. Carson. Yeah you just watched Phantom of the paradise it's so thoughts,
1: good it's right? so good it's so good i uh i'll say i i have i have i've i've detailed this experience on this podcast a number of times that happens pretty frequently where like i have zero time management skills something that you two know very very well so like frequently i'll be watching I'll be watching like one or two movies for this podcast. And then also another movie that I just want to watch like on a Friday night before we record. And I don't work Friday nights. My roommate does. So she'll get home at like 11 o'clock and I'll be halfway through a movie for this podcast. And either she's seen it and she wants to watch it or it's like weird in some way and she'll sit down and watch the last half. But she watched the last half of *Fan of the Paradise with me and she was like, that was fucking weird. And I was like, that was fucking genius.
0: That was <laughs>
1: like, like, oh, the creative impulse in this film is incredible. And she's like, what is this even about? And I'm like, Look, Cam, it's vibes. Just go with it. It's it's fine. Like it's it, you don't really need to know that much about the first half of this movie to like vibe with the second half. Yeah, I don't there's, think
0: there's the there's the paradise and there's the phantom of it. It's it's. I, I
2: told I told Caroline I did not love the first half of this movie. We get to the first concert if this thing starts clicking on all cylinders for me. I was vibing so hard.
1: Oh, it starts with the juicy fruits doing. I, I just want, I love the way that scene's shot, but also like all the music in this movie is really good or ah. it's either really good or really weird in a way that I'm like, I cannot stop listening to this. But like that first fucking song sounds like an Elton John cover in the best possible way. And it's just shot fun. And they're just like, I don't know. De Palma just like, the fucking aim he's taking at like popular musicians and like musical... Genres in the '60s and '70s in this goddamn movie is is really cool. Like it's, I mean, that yeah. whole scene is like they're doing an Elton John song. He's making fun of like the Beatles, the monkeys like the kind of yeah. Know, I disagree that it's bands, like Elton John. I disagree
0: that it's like I Elton it John at But
1: I think that that first song sounds so much like Crocodile Rock. Is my like, like they okay. they do the transition and the whoop, and I just wanted to go, whoop, and it doesn't. Yeah.
0: I I disagree. I think I I but but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's uh, okay okay. It's both incredibly important to what's going on in this film, and it's also like not a lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like
1: not a lot. Yeah. But like, I don't know. So this movie rules, my take at the end of it, I'm pretty sure it was my letterbox review, is that like, yeah, realism can go fuck itself. Like realism <laughs> found dead, lying in a ditch at Brian De Palma's hand. Like, this thing is just so creative and so energetic and like I do not really care if it makes any kind of logical or emotional sense because the things that you see are just so interesting and compelling to look at I mean it's so goddamn camp obviously in an incredible way and like uh yeah dig it I think you were very correct in identifying that this is like very much my shit yes. um yeah yeah it's cool I like it
0: yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a good fucking time. I mean, I think that, like, I, I I would not be the first person to say this, but, like, I think that this makes a really, really fun double feature with, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, same that, energy. Like, yeah, in that, like, it's, it's campy, but it's really, it is really well done, and it is both campy in that it is, like, a send-up of genre and a send-up of, like, um, you know, a send-up of media, but also... It's just kind of cheap and shitty at the same time. So yeah. it's a bunch of really brilliant yeah. artists like doing their best, and yeah. uh, it's just it's just kind of a vibe, and it 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 ends up being a really 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 charming um, like mix of energies, but it's still kind of all like congeals and like works together.
1: Rocky Horror has meatloaf. Phantom of the Paradise has, has beef. Has beef. Exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it goes together. <laughs> um, uh, so immediately they do, you know, that Juicy Fruit song. And then you get... I mean, this this movie almost really does not give a shit about making you, especially later in the film, about making you, like, empathize with Winslow Leach, like, that much. It's less about, like... A, like glomming you onto a character and more about just like giving him enough emotional motivation so that he does all the crazy shit he does later in the movie and you accept it um, right i mean
0: i mean it's i mean it's it's the phantom of the opera it's like it's yeah the same, yeah it's, it's the same fucking shit it's like it's, it's like you can't hate the phantom because no. then you just want to kill the phantom but like yeah 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 it's gotta have some reason why he does what he does but also I, don't know, I love Winslow Leech. i really think his phantom oh great Phantom uh get so up good. is one of just my favorite designs and just all of it's in all of cinema period
1: So good it's so good i was i was like kind of amazed because obviously i'd like i've seen stills from this movie i probably mentioned the first half but like you know the helmet's very iconic but like the whole outfit it, it, it's got like the sort of crystal clear perfect design sensibilities of like you know, 60s Marvel comics. Like, it is, it feels iconic to me in a way, in the same way that, like, the fucking Fantastic Four's outfits do. You know, it's, like, just kind of these perfectly, it's this perfectly designed thing. Um, And it's also really weird and scary and uh, helps. They took fucking, Finny's like, such a tall dude and he's so much taller than everybody else in this movie. And they give him that big-ass cape and make him hunch over and suddenly, like, all dude hunching over looking wide. It's just like a real it's a combination of uh of design elements that really affects your brain. Um yeah, it's it's good. He does like a you get that first song that the, you kind of hear repeated a few times throughout the movie from his Faust Cantata,
2: which is so funny. Just the the, the concept of is
1: hilarious. Of a Faust. it's both funny. I don't know. See, I was thinking about this. It's both, I think it's a really well-observed thing. One, because this movie does Faust so much. It's like an adaptation of *Fan of the Opera, but also kind of a Faust adaptation, but also kind of a, like, picture of Dorian Gray adaptation.
2: Yeah, if those three things had a weird threesome and had a baby, it would be this.
1: I was thinking about this. I'm like, the idea of a Faust cantata is kind of funny in that it's so pretentious, especially when it's this guy's trying to sell his Faust cantata to a pop music label, which makes no sense. But also I feel like it's kind of well-observed because I do think like the whole, the Dr. Faust story has stuck around because there is something really, you know, obviously I think there's something very very potent and very vital to the idea of a Faustian bargain such that like a lot of artists keep like thinking about Faust and keep bringing it up and like referencing it. And so it does does kind of feel very realistic that like this is what a, you know, like a kind of lonely put upon troubled artist would make a, a multi-part
0: opera about is fucking Faust, you know? I mean, there've been yeah. Faust operettas, like it makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, there've, there've been, I mean, Faust, Faust is one of the, 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 I mean, fucking little shop of words. It's Faust. There've been Faust musicals, yeah. Faust operas, Faust operettas, but like, yeah. And I mean, I think so too. Kind of the reason why Carson Wilde is like pushing back against your, um against your like it sounds like elton john is that like that's sort of what i think of with like winslow is it's like it's like you have your beach boys monkeys whatever Mm -hmm. like in the juicy fruits and then it's very much like he comes in and that's the thing is you're like it is pretty pretentious and it is kind of like whatever but it's like it is the evolution of music moving from like the late 60s into the 70s of like mm-hmm. you're moving away from like pet sounds and the beach boys and like the monkeys and all of this stuff and you're moving towards elton john and billy joel and these like these like yeah you know these 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 artists you know it's not about like like pop music anymore it's not about like it's not about like this you know really uh you know, it's not about fun, upbeat, like get on the floor and dance, but it's about these like sad, tortured people who have like shit to say. And, and yet Swan is still just like capitalizing on it. He's like, no, we're over it. Like the, the, the juicy fruits are out. They've been out for a while, but we're still producing them because we haven't, you know, come up with anything better. And then he hears this and he goes, oh, I can sell the shit out of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, and I think it's, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think my Elton John comparison was mostly just that I think that song sounds so fucking rock. Sounds
0: so Crocodile fucking Rock, rock like Crocodile is rock. literally Elton John
1: doing his yeah, song. Doing yes, exactly. That's his early career throwback thing. So it makes sense. But I will say to, to that point, I think the um the character of Beef and the way that he's styled and the way that they perform the Faust Cantata with him, I think is so fucking precious because it's De Palma like laser-pointing pop music in the 80s. Like, just absolutely 70s. being, like, in 10... No, I think it's, like, I think that... that, that oh, it's I not what a... you mean. I see what you mean. I'm I saying like, it's him being... came
0: out in 74, but... No, I, I you know. Mean, I, I think it's, being
1: it's him being prescient about what the popular music of the 80s is going to be. Beef is, like, a mix of fucking David Bowie and every, like, bad hair band. It's Kiss plus Bowie. Like, that's the, that's the feel. You know? And, like... I, I was like, "Damn!" Like I was highly impressed by by how prescient that seemed because it it does seem like I don't know. And I'm not like I don't know. I, I I deign to even bring Bowie's name into him because like obviously Bowie fucking rules a lot more than every shitty hair band. But like I don't know. There's an element of that to it. There is him skipping a decade that I think is really interesting. There, yeah. But uh, good flick, really cool. Um, so fucking you get can we talk about swan can we talk about that character
0: yes yeah
1: uh insane very weird messy character that i love there is this setup of nobody sees swan nobody knows what he looks like which then leads into you see him and he's just this tiny guy with a mullet and bangs and he's got such a weird look and then the the comedy of uh, you find out that his motivation is that he's doing a picture of Dorian Gray Faustian deal with the devil where he's going to stay looking young forever and it's like he looks insane already and he <laughs> purposefully never reveals his face. He has to get married in a mask and it's like it's ah, it's it's, it's yeah. so camp and it's so fucking funny.
2: Yeah.
1: And just en- an endlessly compelling characterization.
2: So swan uh the guy who plays him paul williams is also the phantom singing voice which rules and he wrote all the music for this uh he also wrote rainbow connection which i think the fact that those all of all of this came from this all of that came from the same person is pretty fucking hilarious to me yes
0: yeah it makes sense that um it makes a lot of sense that uh, this movie has such a strong connection to the Muppets, and I watched it, and I was like, yep. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know that the first time I watched this. I was like, wow, this fuck's hard, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, okay, great. No, that makes perfect sense.
1: Uh, it's Muppetty as shit. Uh, going through, I mean, there's a lot of like, I, again, I said it in the first half of this, but like, De is a major blind spot with me, but the things I know about diploma, De Palma is a lot of camp, a lot of you know, kind of interesting camera work, very brutal and very absurd and very dark. And I think this movie speaks to that in a lot of ways. The image that keeps sticking in my brain is the... Because it's, you know, it's kind of a theme that they're dealing with the entire movie of, like, Phoenix wanting to be a singer, but the pop music industry is just going to, like, chew her up and spit her out and, like, force her to trade sex for, you know, for stage time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the line that she is in going up to see swan is just like they it's so dark but like they just bring a woman in swan's assistant jumps on top of her and then it's like two seconds later done bring in the next one we're gonna do another like yeah he's simultaneously so fucking funny and such a weird bizarre visual gag but also really fucking dark and so fucking dark Yeah. yeah Yeah, and, and very realistic and prescient and like, I, I mean, I, we danced around a little bit, but so much of this movie is clearly De Palma just despising the pop music industry of just absolutely taking its task of like, and just, you know, I imagine a, an artist in New Hollywood, you know, De Palma's generation probably developing a very healthy distaste for just the business of art in general and what it makes people do, you know, what it makes artists who want to express themselves go through in yeah. order to be heard. You know, that's that's if this movie's about anything, it's about that. Um yeah, so like that, and then just into the whole sequence of him getting I I love that he gets locked up in sing. sing I just love I know it it's, one it's, that's, so, it's good. so fucking funny. It's so it's fucking, fucking a, funny because that joke's yeah. been used
0: so many times in so
1: yeah. many different things.
2: And guess what? It's just as good every single time.
1: we're gonna lock up and sing, sing, which is just a funny thing to say because it's a thing that gets said in movies. And two, it's like we're not letting them sing. we're gonna sit them to sing, sing. Ah, it's like it's fucking good. It's really funny. He's given a life sentence they they take the teeth out which makes no sense but it's cool because it just leads to him having the crazy ass metal mouth later in the movie and uh and yeah and then the whole again i don't think it really matters in terms of like empathizing i mean you do a little bit obviously you sympathize with winslow but like it's not as though we're trying to set him up as this strong save the cat central like moral force in the movie it's just that like well we need to get him to the place where he's a crazy phantom man so let's drive him insane and give him metal teeth and like stamp his face in a in a record press. It, his his performance is incredible.
0: Benny is so good in this yeah. movie. Yeah. No, I know. This, it's it's the, it's a yeah. super fun time. It is a very over the top, very fun comedic performance. Um, and I don't know, I think I think you're selling it a little short. Like, oh, well, we don't really have to care about this. We just gotta get him to the point where he's a crazy fan. Of. I feel for I'm, him I'm, like I'm be, I mean, so yeah, me so too. Bad. I'm
1: I'm being a little flippant. I'm being flippant. I I admit that. No, I'm not saying I have no sympathy for Finney. I'm just saying that, like, you know,
0: because he's just so dumb.
1: He is so dumb.
0: He's (laughs) so dumb. Um,
1: They turn him into a monster, and he's like, he had, you have that one scene where he's going to be, you know, it's, it's, he's doing fan of the opera shit. He's going to be this like tortured, you know, beautiful soul that like is pulling all the strings, then immediately, no, he just falls for Swan's nonsense again.
0: Yeah, instantly. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, instantly. Yeah, and it's, yeah, he is really dumb. He just, yeah. It's so sad because the whole, that first scene with him and just immediately the guy going in and being like, yeah, let me just take some of your music. You're like, you know where that's going. You're oh, like, oh. no, exactly. Yeah. Well, especially
0: too, because they've already had the conversation. Um, They've already had the conversation about how he ruined like this girl's life like Mm -hmm. this guy and then they're just like oh yeah and then like i mean he literally like says like you hear because you're watching it through um what's his face is uh through swan's pov Mm -hmm. um which i think is like a very interesting choice because it is kind of just like you know implicating you a little bit and like the fact that you like all this music is the reason why like you know
2: all of this is happening
0: like all of this is happening yeah so um, I think that's good, but like, you know, I mean, he straight up says like, oh no, like not, not fucking him, you idiot. Like we're going to steal his music, like go steal yeah. his music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to that point. It's important that the movie starts with that killer fucking song by the Juicy Fruits so that you both later, like Winslow, I, I remember specifically Winslow says, oh, they're greasy. Like that's his, uh, his yeah. takedown on, which is one very true. And you're like, yeah, these are clear. These are not artists. These are like, you know, you know, these are these are these these people that are symbiotic with Swan, with the record label. That you know, they're I don't putting out a banger music. of an opening,
0: but it's a fucking
1: banger! Like it's so good, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you're watching it. It does. It implicates you. It's like, yeah, this is the shitty pop music you like that is getting turned out by horrible corporations. Like, congratulations, you're part of it. Um, yeah, it's such a banger. It's so good. Even when they come back later, when they're the Beach Bums, awesome. <laughs> Not, you know, hey, here's something controversial. I'm gonna say. I love the Beach Boys. I think the Beach Boys are really good. I listen to pet sounds a lot. Like,
2: yeah, like
1: good. And, uh, but yeah. Uh, and then they come back later in the skeleton costumes. That's great. Like I,
2: the the Undead is my favorite, uh, is my favorite version of them.
1: It's a fun look. I, oh, I'm skipping ahead because there's just so much. I mean, this movie is really frenetic and in in fast pace. So I think it, it fits that I'm just like thinking of shit. But like, I love that that scene they're doing the Frankenstein send up like that's their whole bit with bringing up beef and the background looks like the campus version of the the nineteen what year was it thirty two
0: Frankenstein movie uh, like it's, 34, it, it's exact, I think but 34,
1: yeah. it's it's exactly you know they're doing that exact look of Frankenstein's lab with the the spiral staircase leading up but it's like looks like a kid drew it like it looks kind of you know it's like the shitty recreation of that. 31, actually. 31, all right. And I, get fucked, nerd. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, it's, I, there's that. I mean, there's a lot of De Palma, I think, wearing his inspiration on his sleeve in this movie. I mean, he does a parody of the stabbing scene from Psycho, a straight-up pastiche of it. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah and it rules. Like
2: it's it's this movie balances so well being a love letter to so many things while also taking down so many things like it's pretty fucking it's pretty fucking genius in the way that it balances those two things
1: i agree with that yeah um but it's just such an exciting movie The, the scene where he gets his voice back the whole like the recreation of the voice through the the box is just cool.
2: I almost wept in that scene. Like that, that, that was like I thought like one of the most beautiful, definitely like maybe my favorite performance in the movie. But like I thought that moment was just so fucking beautiful of him. Like, and granted, there's kind of sinister stuff going on as well. But just like that last like thirty seconds where he does fully get his voice back and sounds so good that I just loved every. I loved every bit of that moment.
0: Yeah. It it's, is really cool. It's great. And um, this, this here, here's my, here's my thing. Here's how I know we are um, maybe not living in the darkest timeline, but not the best timeline is um, there's an alternate universe in which uh, they turned this into a stage show instead of um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. You
1: know no, uh, no, my roommate said exactly that. It, uh, I think during the the bit with the undeads with, beef coming out. She's like, why is this not? And I'm like, that honestly is a good question. Um, I all the
0: music I, in this I, thing too is original, so it would work it, great actually if they... but this is the thing I'm thinking of. It does
1: kind of, I think the adaptation becomes difficult when you consider the music because the music is all original, but also the music has very little directly to do with what is going on, on stage. Like you could not perform no, This is a very traditional musical um, because it's not like... It's not like any of the characters come out and sing their I Am song and it's fucking related to Faust. Sure. I mean like, yeah. But you also know. this
0: movie's only 90 minutes long. That is true. You could so do you a- add literally an entire hour.
1: Yeah, this is true. This is true. Or you just do it as a, uh, you do it as Cyrano. You do it as a, it's a play with some music in it. You know? Yeah. You reference know.
0: Cyrano too frequently.
1: <laughs> I, I You know, it's a weird movie. It's um, a very weird
0: movie. What do we, what do we
1: think about beef? Let's talk about beef. Yes. What do you think about Beef? I, well, I was, here's my thought process, because it's another thing I was talking about with my roommate last night, because she came in, like, right, right around Beef's introduction. And she was like, oh, is this offensive? And I was like, I don't know. Because here's my thing. Maybe, but I also love it and it rules. Yeah, it's maybe also it's,
0: great. Yeah, yeah, like, it.
1: it is, like, super... And I'm wondering, and here's my, here's my thought process on it because the thing, obviously that I'm thinking you can take offense from this is that like beef is clearly a, the joke about him is that he is this very preening, like gay guy with a lisp who is dressing. Yeah. Like dressing. I, I mean, his last look, he's got like the, the, the boy girl, like gender things both way on his, on his cheek. He's dressing very androgynously. And like the movie's kind of making fun of him, having a little bit of fun at his expense. But one, his characterization is funny. He is a real person. I love that he's the only one who's smart enough to be like, there is a man killing people. I am getting out of here. Like, no way, not doing it. Yeah. Um,
0: And like, it feels very
1: camp. And also I wonder, I'm like, that particular characterization I think if you do it now, it is very clearly offensive because it is, it is referential of a character type that has been reiterated upon throughout media in really shitty ways. But in the 1970s, how how much of that is being invented for this movie and how much of it is a reimagining of a harmful stereotype? I don't know. I don't know. Well,
2: have- I- Sorry, Carolyn, you go ahead. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. As a straight person, I'm not going to talk over a queer person in this.
0: <laughs> wow. I love tokenism. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> that wasn't what I was trying to do. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm getting Too I bad, my Cor, take You're on canceled beef, now. My yeah. take on beef. It's very broad. And it's its like all things. Like, no thing is just one thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, I think with beef... I think all, because like you said, it fucking rules. Yeah, it's like really good. The, 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 it's really fun. The performance is really good. Like the music is like a fucking vibe. Like yeah. you enjoy watching it. Like it's. The
1: makeup is cool. The costumes are cool.
0: Yeah. And I think with Beef overall, the parody the the joke is more at the expense of the music industry and it is more at the expense of like you know art as a commodity and art as an industry more so than it is like hey look at this faggot you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm allowed to yeah. say it uh, yeah <laughs> um you know like it's it's at no point do we is it like is it like oh my god beef fucking sucks like we hate beef we beef actually the film generally speaking the film likes beef the film just thinks what beef is being used by the corporate corporate overlords to do is bad and stupid and kind of silly but like beef as a person overall is like fine like yeah beef is like a preening disney villain queen
2: it, beef
0: is just kind of like a musician who like wants to sing and does a really good job when he does yeah yeah is taking a few too many
1: drugs but you know that's all of them
0: yeah i i that does make me think
1: about how earlier in the movie the the harem scene which is
2: <laughs> very yeah funny sorry i laughed because i just thought that was a bizarre i just weird weird thing. no it's funny it, it's, it's
1: it's weird and it's funny but it's
2: literally they like it's
1: a harem they they're in a big circular like and and they're all but they're all i don't know it's really funny it's like but and the revelation of like one of them is winslow and it's winslow dressed up as a woman and like swan swan uses that word to like like get him out of here and then immediately is like not this guy this guy is is my champion and like yeah, it it makes you think about oh, there's some hypocrisy here. It's not that the movie is making fun of anything that is queer. I think the movie is pretty coded in that in a lot of ways. But it's that it's it's the thing you're saying, Caroline. It's it's all about like yeah. can it be can, can it be corporatized? Can it be used? Can we monetize this person's identity?
2: You know?
0: Yeah, Corey, you're gonna say something about beef? Um, yeah, I don't know that.
2: Uh, I'm sorry about beef. Um, I <sighs> name's beef carolyn i think you summed it up all, and i don't know how i don't know how solid this point is but i'm just gonna kind of talk through it um Mm. i think that the difference is at at this time camp is still today but i think in a more kind of organic punk way this time period camp is so tied to queer culture and you know john I don't think John Wa- John Waters, right, is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I he's '80s, so I think that this predates him a little bit, I believe at least. But I think that for me for me with beef, th- he lives so much in that world that that it's very loving camp in the way that it's done, and it's like Caroline said, not punching down at all. But this this movie feels so in the world of queer camp movies that that's kind of where my brain went to when we when we initially brought that up.
0: Yeah, and Corey, I mean, to almost to your point. So, like, um, John Waters' more mainstream stuff was in the eighties, but Pink Flamingos is seventy-two. So, Pink Flamingos predates this. Okay, and I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I mean, I think it's like it's like this film, very like. Um, like i i mean like i said in the very beginning of this like it it makes a fun companion with um with rocky horror yeah um in yeah. that way and i mean rocky horror is full of quote unquote problematic representations of things and stuff which like yeah. i personally find to be rather stupid because i think if you listen to what rocky horror is saying and you are like no it's like i don't know people like to say And I'm not going to get into it, but people like to say like, Mm -hmm. oh, Rocky Horror is talking about X and therefore they hate Z. And it's like, whoa, no, 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 (laughs) Rocky Horror is talking about X. So let's just kind of focus on X, shall we? And like, I don't know, I I personally think Rocky Horror uh, is good, actually. And the (laughs) the good that Rocky Horror has done for the queer community is... uh, I mean it's very much that tweet of just like, hmm, the interesting tweet you've got there. <laughs> uh I'm gonna what whatever it is, like, um, here's the most here's the most bad faith reading of it I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Care to respond? And yeah. It's just like, no, I don't, actually I don't. That's my um, dig on Rocky Horror. And I think this is this is very similar. Like, I think that it 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 invites that um you know, it invites that uh comparison like very lovingly and like as a contemporary
2: yeah i think this is skipping forward 20 years but i also during a lot of the musical sequences in this was like oh uh john cameron mitchell clearly loved this movie when he was making hedwig and the angry inch i think like stylistically i think there are a lot of compare i I think there are a lot of comparisons that can be drawn between the two like what uh I think just the way, I mean, I have not seen Hedwig in a minute. I'm I'm forgetting what specific moment there was in Phantom of the Paradise. So this is a point that has immediately maybe had a hole poked in it. But I think just the way that some of the concert footage is shot and some of the musical sequencing um, is, it's like diegetic in the world of the movie, but it's also shot in kind of an isolating way way if that makes any sense it's not necessarily let me wrap you in the warm embrace of this song but like we're just gonna do this and you're gonna take whatever you're gonna take from it
0: no yeah totally
1: yeah uh it's good let's talk about phoenix another good name
2: oh love phoenix
1: i love phoenix i again i think there's the bad faith reading of of her character in this movie where like she just so immediately succumbs to, uh, to Swan after, um, like she's so headstrong. And so like, I just want to sing. And then she gets any opportunity and she's like, actually, I'll do whatever you want. Take my voice, please. Like, you know, which again, I think it's more pointed at very exaggeratedly, just lampooning the industry and showing how fucking evil corporatism around art is. But like, I don't know. Again, I think there's the bad faith reading of, like, she goes from this headstrong woman to, like, a coked-out, you know, like, just totally coked-out, like, having sex with Swan. But even is she having sex with... Can we talk about that briefly? What's going on in that scene? Are they... What are they doing? They're just kind of, like, in the scene where the Phantom is looking down. They're, like, laying next to each other.
2: And they're kind of... They're, like, making out? I... I... I I didn't think much more of it than that. I... Are they even kissing though? I, just, I don't you know. know. I mean, it's... They're doing bedtime a... stuff. They're <laughs> doing adult bed stuff. They're doing three play. They're not quite to four play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, thinking
1: about that. But what... Which... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's but, funny yeah. to that... So, Oh, sorry. Go on, Caroline.
0: Oh, I mean, I was just going to agree with the point you made before you got to adult bedtime stuff. But uh, just about yeah. how like how like it is much more a, uh, it is much more an indictment of the of the industry and what the industry will do to a person than than about phoenix herself yeah, yeah. Like,
1: and like i think it's i think it's funny that like they do the confrontation i mean this is you know if you're doing one to one it's like the phantom and christine like they have the confrontation on the roof and he's like, I'm Winslow, don't you recognize me? And she's like, what the fuck, I'm leaving? Like, she's like, no, you're, you're a crazy, like Melty's Birdman with a robot voice. I am getting out of here and I'm telling Swan on you. And like, part of me is like,
0: no, like that's the hero
1: of the movie, don't you see him? And then the other part of me is like, no, that makes sense. Like, that's that's appropriate, that's, you know, that uh, yeah, because." Yeah, no, it's funny it's all good it's funny stuff it makes me giggle so this movie made me do a lot was giggle
2: yeah
0: yeah it's really yeah. good for that
2: yeah i i um i don't know a lot of the reflection i think that can be done just listening to parts of our conversation carson i feel like you'll appreciate this i texted caroline the other day we were talking and i just said she, she asked how i was and i was like you know just trying to trying to live and be an artist in a corporate uh capitalistic hellscape world and uh I think this is obviously a camp kind of extreme version of what that world can do to a person, but it's not, uh, it's not a fun time. So it's nice to get to laugh at it, but it is not a fun time.
1: No. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the way that, the fact that you express that diploma expresses that impulse in a piece of art that is so completely uncommercial. Yeah, and so, so disinterested with yeah, is important. It's the, you know. Yeah. It's the the medium is the message kind of stuff going on right there. Um I also I find it fascinating how I mean, we said it like it's a few things kind of mixed together, but like this t- movie also does not really give that much of a shit about Phantom of the Opera like the book, you know? Sure. So lightly an adaptation of that idea like the Phantom is you know, you kind of keep that the Phantom is a tragic figure, but lose so much of that, that pull that he has with Christine, which I think is, yeah, makes sense. Cause that's just not what this movie is about, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think this movie's good. I think it is funny. I think it is really good to look at. I think some of the, um, the shot sequencing and some of the editing in this thing is uh, so bonkers and I have not seen anything like it. Um, and yeah. I love it. It was really good. Hell yeah. I'm glad you showed it to me, Caroline. Yeah, I'm glad you choice. liked it. And I'm
0: glad you watched it. Um Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. There's so much, there's so much to fucking talk about here, but also it's just a vibe. Like it, it is kind of vibes only.
1: It's oops all vibes. It's yeah, I like the whole you know, the whole confrontation with the devil is is good. It's it's funny because he's in a bad, He's about to kill himself in the bat. Are, oh, oh, it's just so dark and so but it's so fucking funny.
2: There are multiple times in this movie where I went good bit and also and also good kill.
1: Yeah, yeah a couple of good kills. The, him trying to, he pulls out the, the it, it feels very operatic that he's in the rain, you know. I, I, this thing obviously is like so expressionistic too and to the point that it references Frankenstein and fucking cabinet of Doc, Dr. calgary's shit, but like, you know, that he's in the rain, looking at his lover, question mark, like, you know, doing some adult bedtime business with his mortal enemy, and he pulls out a fucking giant knife and stabs himself immediately.
2: <laughs>
0: it's, so like, funny. so
1: good. Uh-huh. It's so funny. And the fact that it doesn't work is, like, really confounding and, and annoying and confusing, but also kind of equally funny. Yeah, it's it's good. There's just, like, yeah, every... I don't know. I have no grand take on this movie but you could just go through and every two minutes be like yeah that's interesting and cool that's interesting and cool i like the way that that leads into that you know absolutely one of those movies yeah. um yeah so good
0: well, well not having what, been... the, what the
1: fuck else
0: oh. yeah no, no, i was just saying, just saying what the fuck else said, yeah go
2: on Corey. I you want to so. tell the nice
0: people where they can get yeah. on the internet? If you
2: like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNSPod. Follow us on Letterboxd. uh, Our individual accounts, Carson is at Fun Movie Zone. Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout-out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod.
0: Well then, Carson, if that's yes. all Phantom of with the paradise, do you want to tell the nice people what we're going to be doing next week?
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, one, we are going to be starting a wee series, a thing that uh, we like to do from time to time on the show is, is kind of delve into a few movies that are either explicitly related to one another or directed by the same person in this case, we're going to be going into a little bit of a Michael Mann series.
2: Talk Ooh. about that guy. Yeah. Michael Mann facts. Michael.
1: Michael Mann facts. We're going to start. I'm going to Michael Mann spread all over this oh
2: podcast. Oh,
1: uh, And we're going to start doing that by talking about a movie that is as different from this movie, I think, as you can possibly get. Oh, we're going to be talking about The Last of the Mohicans, starring uh, my my guy, Danny D, Big D-Day
0: Lewis. Danny DeVito? Oh. oh. Danny DeVito Lewis. <laughs> Danny D. You know, uh, I'd watch that remake. It'd be I would cool. watch the fuck out of that. Um, yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm super excited to watch that. Um as you all have probably guessed i have never seen last of the mohicans so yeah is that how this works that is yeah that is how this Each, <laughs> well so <laughs> this is how have you not seen it? it's a film <laughs> podcast where you we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. hasn't
1: seen we talk about it and then we watch the movie and then we talk about it and then we talk
0: about it some more yeah 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 well then we'll see you guys next week to talk last of the mohicans